0: This week's episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Jonathan Perner. Jonathan, you are an absolute superstar. Thank you so, so much to you and to all our Patreons for helping to support this podcast. Now, you too can be an Explorer of the Week simply by going to patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and... Picking a tier at Explorer of the Week or above that suits you. I mean, we have all sorts of tiers out there, so go on and have a look and see how you can support podcasts like ours, just like Jonathan Pernahas, our Explorer of the Week.
1: And I'm Neil Kelly, I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view, I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it?
0: Edward J. Ruppelt is perhaps most famously known for being the head of Project Blue Book, but what caused Ruppelt's sudden change of heart from being open-minded about UFOs to seeing them as what he called a space-age myth. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the life and work of Edward J. Ruppelt.
1: Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the mysterious skies um, and the people involved with them, some of whom sometimes come to a sticky end. Um, I'm one of your
0: hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm hopefully not coming to a sticky end anytime soon, your other host, <laughs> Stu Jackson. Oh my goodness, that's quite an introduction. Yeah, who's coming to a sticky end? Well, you never know, the people do,
1: don't they? They have accidents. <laughs> when, okay. when, if they, when they get too close to the truth, you know. <laughs> Maybe we ah. should cover a few more of those. Well, um, I mean it's it's only because today we are talking about someone who um, survived a, a major war against against the odds and then but yet still died very young.
0: Yes, of a mundane
1: yes. kind of cause, or was it?
0: Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> take, and we'll come on to that, but before we get into it, how are you doing, Neil? um, I'm doing very well, thank you
1: enjoying this um uh, well as as we're recording this it's uh, it's the, the may day bank holiday so uh, workers of all lands unite and um yeah i've been uh, been doing a bit of gardening excellent.
0: excellent how about you ask if you've done anything special yeah no i i'm doing good um had a fairly quiet weekend did some podcast editing uh, hmm. Earlier today, uh, obviously Saturday, we had a recording. Did we not of our tales from the Twenty Side?
1: Yes, I, it, I was amazed that our characters survived. I know. Given, given I know. the parlous state we'd left them in, mm. given how badly things were going.
0: <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. Let's mm. not because some people do yeah. listen to both, you know. Oh well,
1: yeah, we weren't throwing any spoilers, but. Uh, um, but, but like, like, sorry i've just spoiled it I? I just said we, we the the show doesn't end i didn't say that much
0: well uh, I think also we say, your character survived not everyone character. did
1: <laughs> yes not everyone did um well james bond <laughs> so is that a spoiler is it too soon to to spoil yeah no time it to yet, mate. no time to die i haven't seen it yet <laughs> which is a which is a new way of looking at it, isn't it? You know, we 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 always kind of mentally, in the back of our minds know. Oh yeah, he's James Bond. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to have uh, to bleep this. You really <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, you're making my life hell with um, <laughs> the editor. Yeah. Also, you've just given me a big spoiler. For a oh, also, uh,
1: it's uh, <laughs> uh, this isn't a spoiler. Um, no time to die is free to watch on Amazon Prime. In. In the UK currently, as are pretty much, I think just about every James Bond is now free to watch. Is it? Yeah, on oh, on cool. Amazon Prime. I don't know why uh. they, they've suddenly done it. They've just suddenly released the entire catalog, as
0: presumably for a limited time only. It will be undoubtedly, and probably because the new movie has come out uh, to generate some sort of interest. Well, no, there isn't. Uh, there isn't a new movie, um, even. They, they even just mentioned it. No time to die. Yeah, but that's
1: that's old, isn't it? That's one that was um, the release was delayed because the pandemic. Um, they had to because James Bond is largely financed by project placement. They had to um, they had to CGI in new versions of the cars and watches and things because um, the really the, the advertisers got in touch and said, "Well, that's our that's our old product. We got a new one now." They to, so they had to CGI in the new one. Right for its okay. release in was it end of 2021 or 22? It, it was it was a couple of years, wasn't it? That it was it was held back because of the pandemic. So, but they still they still don't know. I just saw a, 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 a brief interview with um, not Cubby Broccoli with his wife is it Hannah um, who said, "Well, not only have we not cast the new James Bond, we haven't even decided which direction we're going to take the franchise in. We haven't worked that out yet." Right.
0: But you say, like, 21, 22. It, we're in 22 now, so... Yeah. It can't be that old.
1: I, I, I saw it a few months ago, so it was either earlier this there year or... There you go. It it's not an, an old year. film. But it, it, it was an old film. By the time it was... Between the between being finished and being getting a cinematic release, it
0: was a couple of years elapsed. Anyway, we're not here to talk about James Bond, but... We are here to talk about someone with just as much kind of secrecy and weird governmental things going on in a military background. Mm. Um, Edward J. Ruppelt. Yes. Um, now, it's a question I, I often ask, Neil. Prior to us, um, because Edward J. Ruppelt, their name in ufology, it, he's quite famous. Yes. Um, prior to us saying we were going to talk about him, had you heard of him? Um
1: not before we'd—I don't think I'd heard of him before we'd done this podcast, um, but we have talked about Project Blue Book, which he he ran for, mm. for some time. Um, I, I mean, in ufology, I mean, according to Wikipedia, Edward J. Ruppelt is generally credited with coining the term unidentified flying object,
0: yes, to replace
1: is. terms flying saucer, flying disc, because by that time I think they'd noticed different shapes. I think cigar shaped. Um, objects have been seen in the skies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole flying saucer thing wasn't... That wasn't to describe the shape of it. It was to describe the motion it made. Mm. Because if you chucked a saucer, like skipped it across a pond and the way it sort of jumps across, Mm. that was why the term flying saucer first came about was the airline pilot, I think it was, or or certainly airplane pilot, um, Mm. who used the term... Was describing the motion it made, not not the shape of mm. it. But yeah, that's since been um, bastardised. <laughs> but yeah, when people talk about flying
1: saucers, they do generally think of of a, of a, a circular cross saucer I mean?
0: shape. Yeah, definitely. But it, mm. that's a conflation. Or, or um, two so- right. two saucers, one on top of the other, yeah, face to face, to create uh, that. But you're absolutely right. Edward J. Ruppelt is the man who coined the term UFO. Um, hmm. Definitely, and and of course, he's known for Project Blue Book, uh, but of course, he headed up Project Grudge, which was the predecessor to Blue Book. Um, so I think it was from forty nine to fifty one.
1: Now, uh, in the, in the chronology mad. of things, when, when when these flying discs, flying saucers, were first were first spotted and became a concern for. Um, the U.S. military for their for their air defenses and their their air force. Um, originally, it was Project Sign, wasn't it? And I believe mm. that Project Sign, very generally, concluded that these these phenomena that they were seeing were evidence of visitors from advanced civilizations on other worlds. And so they, that was quickly replaced by Project Grudge, whose whose um, brief was really to discredit that, that yes. sort of, to, to generally explain away all these things. Um, and then that was when um, Edward Edward J. Rupert got involved. I think that was during the Korean War, wasn't was it during the Korean War? I'm and not the, sure. Yeah, and and then yes, from late 1951. And then it became Project Blue Book in March 1952. And Edward J. Rupert stayed with Blue Book until late 1953. So Rupert was he was generally regarded as an as an open-minded officer,
0: and, well, and a good administrator.
1: Be, That's be, why he was...
0: Be, before we get into that, though, it's worth talking about his career prior to then. Because um, mm. he, he started very early. He was with the Air Corps um, yeah. originally, fought with World War II. And, mm. I mean, at the age of 21, he was a bombardier who was very highly decorated. 21! Well, he, he would have been 19 when he enlisted. 19 42. when he went in, but he came out in 21. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he was very, very highly decorated. He then goes off, gets his bachelor of science in aeronautical engineering. Mm. Uh, so a very, very smart guy. Yeah. Um, and then he moves over to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base as an air technical intelligence mm. operative. Um, yeah, Wright-Patterson, of course, is where Project Grudge, Project Blue Book, um, Project Science, they, they all operated from. Because it was mm. mainly intelligence, wasn't it, right, Patterson? I believe.
1: Um, yes. Well, I suppose all of uh, the study of of unidentified flying objects or aerial phenomena would come under intelligence, wouldn't it? It's about gathering information about them.
0: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and rightly so. Whether it's to you know, I suppose mm. discredit it or to create a diversion or or just to st- simply study these things open-mindedly, mm. then, yeah, um, it all comes under intelligence.
1: So, so one thing I was wondering today as I was r- reminding myself about the, the life and works of, the, the very short life and works of Edward J. Ruppelt, um, when a project like Project Grudge seeks to explain away um, UAPs, the, the Unidentified Flying Phenomena, mm-hmm. um are they explaining it away as far as they're concerned? Are they saying we don't want to know about it? We don't believe these things that exist, and any evidence that you present to us, we will find a way to just discredit or rubbish or whatever. Or are they saying this is their this is the stance we're taking towards the public? We are presenting to the public that actually we don't believe that these are these are visitors from other planets, other worlds, um, but secretly, privately, we are. We are actually studying these things very,
0: very intensely. Oh, that is a brilliant question. Um, oh, really? Oh, no, okay. it really, really is. Do you know what I mean? No, that's that's the. I mean, absolutely. I'll, I'll say like the, <laughs> the, the 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 completely the ideal sort of question that that. In the UFO community, we need to be asking. Um, Absolutely, because it seems to be to be. In, if you're in charge of Air Force
1: intelligence, and a, a craft appears in your airspace um, with performance capabilities that far outstrip anything that you've got, that you know, not only could you not produce a craft that could maneuver at at that speed, um, but you actually couldn't produce an environment where a pilot could survive being in a craft maneuvering at that speed. Um, and to just try and find a way to to just write it off to s- basically put your hands over yours and say la 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 I'm not listening don't want to know and we're just ignoring these things we can't explain it so we're ignoring it that would be a mental thing to do if you were in the intelligence you should be you should be very very wo- yeah you know, unless you're absolutely sure you
0: can <coughs> you can explain this thing away you should be very very worried shouldn't you I think I think a lot of it it, it really depends. Strongly on the on the ultimate brief, and, and you mm. you absolutely hit the nail on the head when you said Project Grudge. The brief was discredited. discredit it, mm. discredit, discredit, discredit. Um. Now, whether uh, I personally, I have a hard time to to answer your question. I have a mm. hard time believing the concept that they would just comp- they would dismiss it out of hand. Hmm. Oh, no, it must be rubbish because you get so many credible um, witnesses coming forward who have seen things that can't be explained readily Hmm. that any intelligent person would look at it and say, well, there's something here. All right, it might not be like the idea of extraterrestrials might be like wildly out there, but Hmm. there is something going on. And yeah. and I think you know, this is what from my observation, this is kind of what's happened with you, Neil, in doing this podcast. Mm. <laughs> is you've come into it, it's like, yeah, it's load of nonsense. And now you think, well, there's something going on, but we can't mm. explain what it is. Yeah. So I I... any intelligent person is going to come at it. Now I also think that some people might come into it as as individuals and say well, okay, I'm here to head up this investigation into the flying saucers, but, you know, it's a load of nonsense. Hmm. And interestingly, I think that might have happened with Ruppelt, um, mm. where, yeah, he came in thinking it was utter nonsense, being told it was utter nonsense, and go out there with Project Grudge and prove that it's utter nonsense. Hmm. But when he gets to Project Blue Book, he's kind of he's changed his mind. He's become open-minded about it. Well, I, th- I think
1: he had more license to say, "I don't know what this is. I've got no prosaic explanation for it. It's not an aircraft. It's not the moon. It's not
0: clouds." There was a radical change, it seems, in government policy between Project Grudge and Project Blue Book. Hmm. Um. Definitely, the approach was completely different. Now, I I can't help but wonder, is it Rupelt that drove that, though? Did he come into Project Grudge, start seeing all these reports and go, oh, hang on, we're here to discredit this, but mm. there is something very strange going on, and we need to be more open-minded, because, yeah, Project Blue Book was very open-minded. It, it was, it, but maybe Project Grudge was as well. It's
1: just that they weren't allowed to say that to the public. That the, and But but by constantly saying to the public, oh, it was just an aircraft, oh, it was just stars, it was just whatever, that that the public would start to disbelieve them, and say, well, we, we can't believe anything the government says. Whatever you tell them, however compelling your evidence, they'll say, oh, it's a little rubbish, it was just this, or it was just that. So I think... By switching to a in terms of their public relations, by by switching to a stance where they're they're more willing to say, well, actually, we don't know what it was, we we've no explanation for it. They they regain credibility in the
0: public eye. Do you know if if I was in charge of a government that hmm. even suspected there might be something unusual going on? but did not want the public to know about it, I would actually have two departments. I'd have one department out there publicly investigating and coming up with rational explanations for it all, Hmm. and I'd have another department that was genuinely investigating them, but that would be Hmm. secret and nobody would ever hear about it. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, with Project Grudge, that's basically what it is. That was the public face of it. Hmm. Um, but when the public faced, it was just rubbished
1: everything, and people say, "Well, no, wait a minute, no, that that isn't." Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's more to it than they. What you don't want to do is 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 explain away so much that no one believes you anymore.
0: I, exactly, um, but yeah, I, t- so I think perhaps Rupelt was brought into Project Grudge as kind of an unwitting patsy, basically. Um, you think? I, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. It's mm. not an English term, um, but uh, yeah, basically, like yeah, as, as a the guy to to front it, but a decorated war hero. Yeah, everyone,
1: everyone loves him. He's got his medals. <laughs> he's, he's got I, life exactly. He's got he's, he's got all his limbs and faculties intact, which is which is yeah. no mean feat for
0: somebody who flew bombers in World War Two. He's got his extensive qualifications in aeronautical engineering. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, don't want to diss that. That's like quite a, a big achievement. Mm. Um, so yeah, he, he's a he's a good face for dismissing it all. Hmm. But I think he's got in there and realised no, there is far more to it, and that's mm. why Project Blue Book was so different. Um, because, and and part of what drives me on that is kind of shortly after Project Blue Book starts, he starts wanting out. Hmm. He has to be relieved of it quite early on. Um, So I think, yeah, he's trying to make it sort of more open-minded, more public. I think he's meeting pressure from behind the scenes, like, no, you can't, you've got to dismiss it all.
1: Hmm. You've got, You've got, got to, say to it find was...
0: rational explanations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and
1: he was perfectly prepared to say, "I don't
0: know what that was." Exactly, I've looked so, at the evidence, can't explain it. So, and the fact that he then wanted out very quickly, mm. um I think he he was meeting pressure from the other side. Mm. Now, there's there's another kind of darker side to this as well. Um, so, yeah, Project Grudge, he's, yeah, UFOs can't, you know, they're, 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 there's rational explanations for them all. Project mm. Blue Book, a couple of years later, no one need to be open-minded about it all. Then later on in his life, after he's left that, and bear in mind he would have been privy to some very sensitive information Mm. About UFOs with Project Blue Book. Later on in his life, he does a complete switch around again, and he is utterly dismissive of anything to do with UFOs. Um, well, he he published a book,
1: didn't he? Um, he he wrote his own book, the the report on unidentified flying objects, um, published in in nineteen fifty six. Um, which was much praised by uh, J. Allen Hynek, um, and, and, and and he believed that um, you know, Rupert was doing his best, but his his efforts were being stymied by by, by people um, by people on high. That um, Rupert was, Hynek wrote in my context with context with Rupert, I found him to be honest and seriously puzzled about the whole phenomenon. So I can imagine if he clashed with his superiors who were just saying, nope, you gotta But I'm but- I'm sure that, you know, someone who's worked in in the military, someone who's especially someone who's worked in intelligence, would know there's a, a big gulf between what you know and what you're gonna let the public know. Mm. That's why yes. we have military secrets, you know. You can't just blurt out only military secrets, and if you believe that you know, potentially a terrestrial enemy has aircraft capabilities way beyond our own. They have aircraft that can can in, in intrude in our airspace with impunity and could attack any target anywhere in the United States and fly away again. And we wouldn't be able to do a thing about it because they're you know they're, they're generations ahead of us in aircraft. Well, yeah, do you, is that something you want to tell the public or? Well, or no?
0: that's that's it. Um, and the fact it, so I can't get past the fact he's made this sudden turnaround from this honest, open person that Hynek describes mm. to someone who is just completely dismissive of it and, and even describes the, the whole UFO phenomenon as a space age myth to to directly quote. Yeah. Um, um And he completely changed his mind publicly. He completely changed his mind. Now I'm Mm. all right, I'm a suspicious person at nature when it comes to UFOs and governments. Mm. We know this. I'm gonna put forward a hypothesis that here was a guy, got his feet on the ground, sensible guy, war hero, comes out has all the right credentials to be the person fronting this this department to Mm. dismiss it all. So they stick him in there. He takes one look at it and goes, whoa, there's more to this Mm. than meets the eye. As this grounded person, this intelligent guy, he looks at it and says, there is more to it. The government doesn't like that, of course. Mm. Um, I think, it, by which time he's become, he's got all this knowledge, he's got privy information. He's privy to this information. And mm. um, I think he must have been hounded by the government for the rest of his life. No, you need to retract your open mindedness. You need to,
1: mm. you know, you need make, to a
0: new a new version of your book. Yeah, maybe um, even under threat. Maybe. And that comes back to something that you mentioned very early on. The guy died aged yeah. 37 in 1960. 37 yeah. years old. And he of died a sudden, of a heart attack. A sudden death, sudden heart attack, which you'd have thought, well,
1: he'd have had he'd have had medicals all his life, wouldn't he? You'd have thought I mean maybe um, in maybe in the nineteen forties their their um their their way of looking at people's De- determining people's cardiac health wasn't as well. Obviously, wasn't as as advanced as it is now. That maybe they did, you know, send people into combat zones who had dicky tickers that could could drop dead of a heart attack on the battlefield.
0: But you said yourself, you know, he he survived. We survived World War Two against the odds. Hmm. Um, he's held, you know, really responsible quite stressful position now stress can build up and it can Mm. lead to these things we know that but age 37 even at a time in 1960 all right people weren't living as long as they are today by any stretch but 37 just seems like that's really suspicious
1: yeah the average would have been lower a lot of people would have died younger people tended to retire from their jobs in heavy industry or coal mines and uh sit around coughing for a few years and then and then die before they got to 70. Mm. But um, to give you an idea of the carnage of World War Two, my auntie Marjorie, my own family, my auntie Marjorie was working at the National Physical Laboratory in Teddington uh, prior to World War Two. And when war broke out, it turned out all the young men who worked there were in the RAF reserve. So they all went and, you know, Signed up to their units, and before they left, they had this big group photo. You know, these these panoramic panoramic photos they take with about a hundred people in there. So there's there's my auntie Marjorie and her friend. These two young women in their early twenties sat there in the middle, flanked on you know, to the sides and behind three three ranks of all these young men looking very, very dashing, about a 100 of them, all looking very dashing Mm. in their RAF uniforms and their their twirly moustaches and things. My Auntie Marjorie told me not one of them survived the war,
0: Mm.
1: not a single one. That was, you know, Bomber Command was a – you you were a suicide bomber. And that carnage continued until a very late stage of the war. Mm. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So as a bombardier – Mm. Yeah, it, Flying
1: in a, a lumbering, slow-moving bomber.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, yeah. Probably probably in the days before they had the um, the Mustang P-51 that was an air superiority weapon craft that could accompany them all the way there and back.
0: Yeah, um, in the days before they had cloaking technology like we talked about in the previous <laughs> episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you go
1: lumbering in over your target at a low speed. Either in tight formation, being shot at with with artillery shells, or or broken up and being hunted down by fighters.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. it really does make me question a lot of things. And, and
1: and you would hope that someone who survived that against all the odds, um, that they would have lived
0: to a ripe old age. you uh, not just get killed in the next war or you'd some, know, I some mean, this... stress stress can shorten your life and it can shorten it quite dramatically and I know that and I understand it but it's just mm. like 37 and a heart attack. Mm. That, it, I just what did he know?
1: It's a it's a question. I mean we've got no evidence to believe that nothing to suggest that he was being seriously coerced or threatened. There's nothing No, they've change. covered their tracks.
0: Whoever su- did they covered their tracks well a sudden complete reversal of his stance on UFOs, followed by an unusually short life. Hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, I say I'm suspicious, but anyway. Mm. Um,
1: so we what do you that, think? We know uh, these things happen, don't we? We know these, they happen.
0: they do, and so yeah, Neil. I mean, do you think he was? Um, do you think he genuinely changed his mind then, or are you as suspicious as me? Um, perhaps he did. People do
1: change their minds. It is a sign of um,
0: they're a sign
1: of intelligence, <laughs> isn't it, to be able to change your mind when presented with new evidence? Um,
0: well, he was out it, of that field completely. So, what new evidence would he have been presented with? But,
1: but not not change your mind from deciding to keep an open mind about something you don't know to suddenly deciding oh yeah well i don't know but it's 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 definitely not that mm. it's definitely
0: i remember hearing a phrase uh, that the mind is like a parachute if it's not open it's not going to work yeah and i rather like that mm. i rather like that uh, but what do you think listeners was edward j rupelt the shill—that's the word I was looking for—not the, the, the shill, the shill that I was. That I, that I think he is, and I think Neil might be persuaded into as well, or uh, or no? Was he just someone who kind of reflected on his life and thought, "Now, nah, do you know what? It was all a load of nonsense." Mm. Uh, do let us know what you think. Uh, You can let us know via the usual means. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, both by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you are one of our Patreons, uh, you get exclusive access to our Discord server, where you can chat with... Us, you can chat with other like-minded people about the episodes and about the whole UFO phenomenon. Uh, it's It gets quite engaging in there sometimes. To do so, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored. And picking any of the tiers available gets you on the Discord server, but there are some other goodies as well uh, that you can get your hands on. Uh, right really? the way up to um, meeting us in person anywhere in the world. Well, I, I'm just holding out for someone going to the level where they get a new T-shirt every
1: six yes. months. because
0: uh, These T-shirts are getting a bit worn, It's right threadbare, aren't they? <laughs> we need new ones. I feel I just want to make it clear at this point. Uh, the T-shirt level is not getting our used T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we need new ones too. We would be actually We've, we've yes. got the designs all lined up. We just can't wait to print them. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so get on the uh, get on the Patreon and have a look at those rewards. Um, join us next time, though, when... Oh, Neil, I'm very excited for this one. Uh, we're going to be delving into the archives of the Vatican in Rome well, and looking at ancient devices and relics and UFO evidence being well, hidden I, from the public. I, I know a
1: few of our listeners will be... We'll be keen to hear our views on that as well. Yes,
0: yes. And I'm saying it like it's fact because that's what I do. (laughs) So you don't want to miss that one, listeners. Uh, Until next time. Uh, keep watching these government committees investigating UFOs and their agendas
1: and, and if someone starts putting pressure on you just, just give in him to down. Him. It's, you know, <laughs> it's not going to end well if you don't no. or don't
0: because of principles uh, yeah. anyway and also keep watching the skies uh, take care for now see you next time bye bye <laughs> Aliens Explored is a Fecal
1: Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on AliensExplored.com.